You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Okay, what, what do you think is more horrifying, Derek? This chick or the witch from Left 4 Dead? Oh, this chick. She got nails in her face. <laughs> she got crowbar beating people like the Joker beat Jason Todd Robin. Like, okay, so I mean, the witch is spooky because she's got her, you know, long ass claws and everything, and she's like screeching at you. But like, this just slowly approaches you with a nail gun and a crowbar and is like, <laughs> 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 like, like, what is more terrifying? <laughs> I mean, and, and what I love, and they, this is one thing that I really like about this remake, they capture a lot of the essence of Sam Raimi's original uh, Left 4 Dead. Because have you noticed the movements? They're very like stiff, and that to me, that's almost yeah. more horrifying than because, if they were like super no, fast. No, because see, here's the thing: they're slow zombies with some sort of intelligence. That's the spooky part. Yeah, I mean, their thing is that they're possessed by literal evil. So it's, it's like, more it's so like than just club. a zombie. It's like these guys are out to like be geni- like dedicatedly evil. Yeah, it's like the flood because like they they take over their hosts and like they have actual intelligence that they can direct them. <sighs> Zed, what would what would you be more terrified of encountering this chick or the witch from the from Left 4 Dead? Um, I'd say the witch. Because the thing is, the witch from the the uh, Left for Dead can actually call upon a horde of zombies to your location. That's right? actually very true. Uh, uh, so, like you, this, so you'd rather deal with uh, Nail Face right there? Yeah, because the isn't the witch like really fast too? Yeah, but this chick's got a nail gun and a, and crowbar. a crowbar. But if you got a real gun, problem solved. But what if she has a real gun, not a well, fud gun? Well, uh, her I don't know. If it's a close range, maybe, but long range, I don't know. She doesn't have steady hands. She I think I think this is the most 2020 thing that could happen. Somebody goes camping to get away from the cities. You know, they're all quarantined, locked down, dealing with riots. And then just and they, nail face. Yeah. It, well, well I, yeah. They opened up the Necronomicon. They're like, oh, look, somebody left a book here. I wonder why it says don't open. Or maybe <laughs> it's a Coke. Open it. <laughs> maybe it's a, a, a coked up peaceful protester. Who got lost? Oh, no, <laughs> this is this is her peacefully protesting. She's not murdering. <laughs> peacefully protesting, uh, being possessed. Uh, let, let's let's go ahead and finish off this scene. completely forgot about that part that one i gotta credit the actor he looks genuinely horrified he's Two, also in pain oh the the fingers you don't see that in movies she went she got the fingers that crowbar oh okay yeah. you, go ahead and play You're out. Oh man, that is. Th- I've seen this film probably like seven, eight times since we first watched it in like 2014, 2015. I gotta say, I still genuinely get like freaked out. Like this stuff still shocks me. Evil Dead. Evil Dead. Okay. Evil. Now it's time for Resident Evil. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Got loop it. Yeah. So. Uh, Resident Evil. So basically, the series is like your typical zombie game. It was from Japan, um, but basically, the gist is that there's this pharmacy. You know how I feel about those Japanese games, Ed. Yeah, I mean, they got some pretty. <laughs> basic GameStop has they, scarred him for life. <laughs> but basically, the story is that there's this pharmaceutical company called Umbrella, which accidentally. Released this strain called the the T virus, which turns. This sounds oddly familiar. Yeah, basically, it's a virus that turns people into zombies. And yeah. you play as uh, in Resident Evil Four. You play as Leon S. Kennedy, um, who is basically a Secret Service agent working for a president, and he's supposed to go save his daughter who's been kidnapped by a bunch of cultists. Um, and Leon S. Kennedy is actually the main character in Resident Evil 2, which we'll talk about. He is on the ground during the first T-virus incident in Raccoon City. So if you want to play the trailer, 
Terazio four. Yeah, so basically he's going into Spain in some region to rescue the president's daughter from a bunch of cultists who injected themselves with this virus. I feel like America has a fascination of zombies. We do. It is too. say compared to all the other zombies we've seen these seem kind of generic well because so basically they infected these villagers with the t-virus so they the villagers you encounter in the beginning are like first stage uh enemies with the t-virus so that's why they're not like you know f- breathing yeah. fire and shit well yeah so i mean like you saw some like giants and other things yeah so yeah. like it only affects their brain so basically the brain telling them kill you because you know it's it's really cool because like that that virus you still have intelligence but you're also rabid at the same time um the later enemies they'll start to mutate their bodies and stuff oh so it's like an evolution type of thing like you begin to see them like really descend into zombiehood yeah pretty much and uh the, the gameplay in this is like you can't shoot while moving you have to like stand still and use the like when you aim there's a laser on your gun and you have to put that laser pointer on the enemy and shoot. So yeah. it adds an added level of difficulty and like stress. Seems, seems very arcadey. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, it's like your typical, I mean, it's not typical, but it's like a survival horror game from like the mid two thousands. Um, if we go to the Resident Evil two trailer real quick, I, mean, I think we're going to knock out both Resident Evils. This is a remake of the original game. Uh, back in the, it came out in the late '90s. But they I feel like this has just been around forever. It has. it has, and they basically remade the game from the '90s with like a new game engine and uh, new gameplay and stuff. But this is basically this. The story in this game is showing how this whole thing, all this virus started. Are the are the films in the games like are, are are the movies like straight from the games, or are the movies different than the games? So the movies are loosely based on the games. Yeah, the Resident Evil movies are exist. I've actually like I saw the first one. Like yeah, I, I think, saw that on Sci Fi. I, think, I, don't, I, think, I don't think I've watched any of the others. I think the one I always saw was the one where, um, like, they they have like the small two seater plane and they land on top of that that hospital building with that group of survivors. You know, you know what I always get Resident Evil confused with? I always get Resident Evil, the films, confused with Underworld, the vampire one, mm-hmm. which I've still been waiting for a follow-up to Underworld Blood Wars for, like, five years. I'm so pissed they didn't come up with a new one, but that's neither here nor there. Ready so this is number two. Yes, yeah, so okay. this is the remake of the second game. Ready? Yep. Peggy, 18. Thank you. 
2010, the good old days. Yes. It's just that 2020 will have been accurate. You got to stay strong. Don't give in the fear out there, right? How did this Send reinforcements. No. Wait. Hurry up. Get Yeah, like I want to be there. Yeah. Uh, attention, all citizens. Run. <laughs> you don't understand. The situation's worse than I thought. This may be a one-way ride, so be prepared, Leon. I got multiple games left. <laughs> they need to make a franchise out of me. Okay. Oh, she dead. Tell me everything. Right from the start. It's Umbrella's fault, this whole mess. But we never meant for this to happen. Dr. Birkin, you'll come along with us quietly. I'm not handing over anything! You don't get away that easily. The whole place is coming down. Hand over the sample. It'll be all over soon. You don't know what you're up against. I have a pretty damn good idea. Claire, get out. Get out now! Me. I'm a doctor. <laughs> so I. So like, is it just a virus? Because some of those things look like they're the demons from, from a doom. Is there so anything like, else that plays into it? Each strain of virus like mutates the body differently, so they're strong. Like some strains are like stronger than the others. Okay. But basically, Resident Evil 2 is like, it shows basically how the, all the games got their start. Like, it started from this game. Okay, so number two is basically the first part of the whole story. Yeah, pretty much. So Resident Evil 1 takes place chronologically after number two. Yeah, so Resident Evil 1 takes place in like some sort of like haunted mansion where they're doing like secret experiments with the T-virus first. And uh, Resident Evil 2 is when the virus releases out into the general population. So like the, sort of like the movies, like they take place in the Resident Evil world, but they don't have anything to do with the stories of the Resident Evil games. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, because like, uh, God, I forget what the name of that. Uh, female protagonist of the movies because I know there's like is there any like Mia Djokovic or something Mia Djokovic yeah that's the actress yeah, what was her I, name I forget her name whatever yeah, it was those it wasn't evilly name you know like Leon but yeah <laughs> she's I mean, a badass we get it she's Sarah Connor pretty but much yeah. I mean, there's not really much to talk about unless you guys played the games. Uh, but I mean, it's good to give Resident Evil a mention because, like, that's you know one of the popular horror games. So that it's been is. it's been around forever. I feel like this game has been you know they, they it's been celebrated and played across you know many years. So I mean, it definitely says something to staying power. And I'm already seeing a trend here. Like we were picking these movies and films. Uh, not not randomly, but we were picking the stuff that really sticks out. But it's like a lot of it is zombie oriented, and I wonder if if it's us, if it's consumers saying we like more zombie products, or if it's like the the game companies in the movie saying you know we we want you to like more zombie stuff. I feel like I think I'm, zombies I'm, are I'm, part of American culture. So, I think there I think there's this there's, there's this general idea in us that. Like we we expect this to come, therefore we want to prepare ourselves, but in like a way that is 
also escapist in a sense. Like, I don't, I don't genuinely think we're going to have a zombie outbreak anytime soon. It's just not possible. I mean, unless this is a year from now, 2021 is worse than 2020. But, like, I think, that, yeah, I mean, I agree with Zed. There's something uniquely American about zombies. I wonder if other countries and other cultures have the same fixation on it than we as we do. I think in the 2010s, it kind of became a global phenomenon with Walking Dead. Because I know there's this movie, it's Korean movie called Train to Busan. Oh, yeah, that's a crazy film. Well, I mean, even before that, with Zombieland during, like, 2008 is when I really started noticing it. You know, I never watched, is really when it happened. I never watched Train to Busan. It's Was on it Netflix. Good? You need to see it. It's really fucking good. The Koreans are already preparing for the zombies. Oh, what was that? What was that Indian film about the the Indian cops that get locked in that old British military base? Oh yeah, I don't know. I thought you like it, but I think it's kind of garbage. <laughs> it is garbage. That's why I like it. That's the point of Bollywood films. That <laughs> I mean, there was no singing or dancing, but it was actually a good film. I, I forgot what it was called, but uh, yeah. What I kind mean, of Indian film is this? There's no singing and dancing numbers. <laughs> like, there's no well, dancing it, numbers it, with the zombies. It was, not, it was not part of the Boggy universe. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a Netflix the universe. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, so next, next stuff or next thing. Yeah, I think it's Exorcist. Okay, I, I love The Exorcist one because this is one of the first horror films I ever watched by myself. Two, as as a as a ghost hunter, paranormal investigator myself, this has always been what you know others have always described as like the most accurate horror film because apparently the the book that inspired the film the exorcist was also based off some real life exorcisms and according to a lot of uh people within like the catholic church and stuff who has performed exorcists they say while well, the exorcisms they say that while the film the exorcist is not necessarily accurate it covers a lot of the things that you see in real world exorcisms if you believe in that stuff so that as i do um, but yeah, no, I mean, this film, it, it's, it scared me as a kid. And when I watch it now, it's like, I gotta be ready to see some pretty disturbing stuff. But there, there, I don't know if it was because of the scary movie series that came out in the uh, late nineties, early two thousands or what. But the more I look back at it, it's like the stuff that used to scare the shit out of me. I look at it now and I laugh my ass off. And this is one of the first scenes where you see one of the, one of the, one of the Catholic priests come in, try and exercise, um, you know, the, the little girl, Kennedy, who's been possessed by the devil or something. But this is I, I think this has actually uh, been one of the most rift scenes in movie history. One of them. But uh, let, let's go ahead and play it in the face of the enemy. Let the enemy have no power over. And the sound of iniquity be powerless to harm your mother sucks cocks and hell. Oh, Lord, Paris, my prayer. <laughs> Just, just that scene. It's like it's. Uh, well, well, there, there's nothing else to say. It's just stuff like that. That used to freak me out when I was like eleven, twelve. Now I look at it and I'm like, oh god, that that is that is genuinely funny. Uh, have you guys ever seen The Exorcist before? No, I haven't. I'm not like big horror. I mean, I am into horror movies, but I'm into the slasher films. I hear you. What about you, Derek? Um, I like horror movies to a degree. I need to watch them with friends though to enjoy them. Like I'm not, I'm not going to sit down and be like, oh, I'm going to watch this uh, horror movie by myself because I just have no desire to do that. Um, because I'm the kind of person who analyzes the whole movie and, you know, just ruins the fun of it. And I'm like, oh, these idiots, you know, they're just sitting here. Why aren't they running out and going to get their guns or like whatever. And like, and like I'm yelling at the screen telling the characters what to do because Clearly, I know better and from an outside perspective than the people experiencing this this horror in front of them. I, I feel like that's a lot of things. Like why I hate Texas Chainsaw Massacre films. Like there are just so many moments where you're like, this is just these people deserve to die just because they're so freaking stupid. Yeah, exactly. It's just like you just yell at horror movies and there's like, there's like. But, and then I end up laughing more and I am scared because I'm just like, I'm just like, I can't believe they fell for that or like you know, stupid shit occurs. And well, just, one of my, one of my favorite films and I, we're not, we're not going to get into it today, but like one of my favorites is Jeepers Creepers two, where oh. it's all the kids who are trapped in the school bus 
and Jeepers Creepers is like picking them off one by one. That's the one film where I think they they notice all the other things that other horror films were annoying people about. The same stuff that you mentioned, it's like why did you fall down? Why did you go there? Why didn't you get you know weapons and stuff like that? Jeepers Creepers two is the one film where they kind of address all of that, but they do what the audience would do, and they still show that yeah, Jeepers Creepers is gonna fucking kill you. There's nothing you could do. So that's over. Uh, yeah. All right. What's next? Next is Alien. Okay. Yeah. I, I got to be honest. Who, who did this film? It was Ridley Scott. Yes. I didn't like the first Alien. I liked it. I, I get why it is the way it is. Like, it's a very slow pace. But, like, when I watch it for the first time uh, in high school, I think it was junior year, I watched the first Alien. I just remember, like, hours went by before you got to the most infamous scene in the film. And because well, of that, it just bored the hell out of me. The thing with the Alien, it's it's the buildup, but also I, I think Alien was one of the first really successful sci-fi horror genre of movies. I don't think anything had been done like this before. Yeah. And, and this thing, was technically an indie film, too. Yeah. And if you look at the screenshot right here, one thing I really love about movies and movie making is set design and costumes. It used to really make you believe that you're in this fictitious world. I mean, just look at the way they made the ship and all the computer screens and the people's clothing and you know all the containers on the, the dining table. It, it almost feels like you're there sitting with them. Exactly. And, and they make it feel like, yeah, this, this would be a plausible uh, area or that they're sitting in, in the, in 300 years in the future. This is how things might look like. And the build up to the film, I think that the scene we're going to watch right now, um, when they filmed this scene, none of the actors knew what was going to happen. So, what? yeah. So all the reactions from the characters is genuine fear. Oh, wow. So they did, did they know what was about to happen or were they the just told only, something's going to happen yeah. and you just need to react to it? Exactly. So just like, you know, do your lines and everything act like you're having breakfast or whatever and i think that the guy who gets the chest popper only he knows what's going to happen but nobody else knows what's going to happen so they get their genuine fear reaction oh what's wow I, I i'm i feel like i'm gonna see this for the first time with new eyes again yeah so watch the characters reactions of when when it happens pause it real fast i have a quick question is this the first time in the film we actually see an alien? Yeah, this is the first time that they see they see an alien. Well, wow, and there's like an hour in too, so like all you've been expecting it all film, and now it's about to happen. Okay, go ahead. The first thing that I'm going to do when I get back is to get some decent food. Dig and dig it, man. I'm telling you, I'm eating bird's food in this, but then it tastes better. You know what I'm saying? The other one over there. You pound down the stuff like this. Uh-huh. I'd rather be eating something else, but. Uh, Right now, I'm thinking food. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, know, you know what it's made of. <laughs> I know, man. I don't want to talk about what it's made of. I'm eating this. <laughs> What's the matter? The food ain't Pause it. <laughs> I'm sorry, who's that actor? Is that John Hurt? I have no idea. Okay, forget about it. You chill for so they actually think he's choking. Oh, no. Touch, oh, touch it! Don't touch it! 
I had a chance. <laughs> oh, Zed! I, I I know I've seen that clip probably a million times, but this, I feel like I was watching it for the first time again, knowing that that was the first time they had physically seen that thing. Yeah, and, and they actually thought, you know, they, oh crap, the guy's choking. Oh wow! That yeah, is that's crazy. That is crazy. Alien, truly classic. Um. Like that, it's something. That so. is, yeah. No, I. Th- I'm. I'm glad. I'm glad you knew that because now I definitely. Now I feel like of all the things that we've talked about, like I want to go see that now again. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's the next one? All right, so uh, so now we move on from all our zombie based and like single serial killer based to something a bit more interesting. For those who have heard of this game, is called Outlast. You basically take the role of an investigative reporter investigating in an insane asylum um, and their shady practices. Shady practices. That's a great way to put it. This is Medicaid meets meth. This is basically your TV show, Remzo, but if it went horribly wrong. Yeah, very horribly wrong. Uh oh. I, I will tell you that. Most and it's some behind the scenes stuff. Most of the time, when Ryan and I and the rest of our uh, t- film crew go to a location, one or one or all of us have actually gone there before and checked it out. There have been several occasions. I think in the first episode of season two, of The Witching Hour, um, that day in which we filmed was the first day we were there. That was the only time I think I've ever been on a location, and I've actually felt that there might actually be other people in the building. And I've got to say, like right now, I've got goosebumps on my arm. Uh, this is always one of those things that I'm glad ha- has not happened, but it's like a deep fear of mine that I'm going to go to an abandoned or haunted location, especially in the case of some of the ones we went to where there have been murders and stuff. And I'm genuinely afraid that there's going to be somebody else there. So yeah, yeah. No, this, this this actually this bothers me to my well, like core. Well, just don't don't be like this guy who only brings the camera. Like bring a gun too. Oh, Ryan, <laughs> I, I um I don't you know I I won't get into too much detail, but let's just say we we if we we have had some occasions where we've dealt with like homeless people. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan. Uh, he filmed an episode. I wasn't there for this one at the Lord Baltimore Hotel, and him and our cameraman Brian Sujanin, uh they almost got into a fight with a homeless man oh. outside. And there was one occasion where uh, they were filming in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and they think they encountered some uh, some people performing satanic rituals on on the battleground property. And uh, yeah. yeah. We, we've been, we've taken into account, we have more than enough, you know, conversations where it's like, what do we need to make sure we can defend ourselves just in case? Because so far it's never happened, but there have been at least, you know, the homeless person, the, the Satanist, and then the one crack house in, uh, in York, Pennsylvania, where we went there and we're like, we, we cannot be the only people in this building. There's gotta be somebody else here. So yeah, Zed, that bothers the living shit out of me. That's, that is well, actually one of my genuine fears. This game might actually make you uncomfortable. Then. Oh God. I've yeah, not played this, this is- one. Because this game is related to kind of what you do, investigative journalism. Yeah, yeah. but like, yeah. so like, and this has to do with like, you know, MK Ultra stuff and like Nazi research and like. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing about the beginning of this. Like, Operation Paperclip was a real thing. MK Ultra was a real thing. Yeah, so like watching this, this, I'm like, this isn't just a video yeah, game. This, this is their homework. Yeah, this game bases itself, uh, like, obviously, you know, the situations are fictional, probably, but. Um, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Um, but, like, you know, like they make a game out of it, so you'll see in a second.
the graphics, I'll say that. Oh, yeah, no, it's a great-looking game. When did this come out? Uh, like 2017, I think. No, it's no, very this is... Okay, I know, I know the Outlast series was recent. And there's an Outlast 2, and I think it came out of the last three as well. Hell. So basically, it's a stealth horror game. Night vision camera. Oh, that makes me feel so uncomfortable. That's your light source. Guys, that guy's still alive? Yeah. Ben's not doing anything. It does work. So basically, you have just a bunch of encounters with, uh, you know, insane people um, who live in this building. What, what's the, what's the goal? Is it to get out of the house, or is it to find it's, something? No, it's like you enter through like a window or something normally, and then you get wrapped up, and you're just investigating, filming everything as you go. Oh wow! So and think about your episode of one of your show, just filming and making a documentary and then stuff goes horribly wrong you're basically playing as the world's most agile reporter yeah that guy did not miss crossfit at all (laughs) like like this guy takes on the hard jobs (laughs) oh man that and uh so yeah yeah, okay it was 2013 it came out actually i'm gonna say that's like horrifying that's some crazy shit it's very horrifying um i could look up some let me let me see like outlast uh Scenes. I'm just gonna like. I don't want all cutscenes, but. Oh my uh, gosh! It looks like somebody's having like an abortion right there. Well, there was there is a guy that performs abortions, but like on men and oh. turns them into women. Yeah. So they they do they do surgeries. Oh, and there was actually a DLC called Whistleblower. That's a little different from the main game because it's like you're like in the facility already, but you're like a whistleblower. So like. What's the, the preacher them. tortures Josiah and Mary? What's that? What's that? Uh, that's Atlas Two. There's a sequel to this game. Oh man, I want to see that scene. Sure. Yeah, let's look at that. <clears throat> so, oh, now you're in a creepy church. That makes yeah. Things so, worse. so the context of the sequel is that I don't think it's the same guy. I could be wrong on that, but it's like it's like a different investigative journalist and his wife, and they're like, 
and they were flying a plane and they crashed here. Um, oh, like, that's some shit luck right there. Yeah. And then they end up in this town, uh, you know, this horror town. So, yeah. And you don't actually fight anything. Your job is just no, react run and survive. And like there are notes you can find, read stuff. What the actual fuck? Yeah, no, this these games that's like just hide. Mary, no, who's there? Who are you? My name's Blake. The outsider. The father. I'm not anybody's father. I just killed me. You have to kill me. Noth is coming back with Mary. He'll hurt her and I'll talk. If you kill me, he won't have reason to hurt her. Please. Dude, run. Yeah, no. That's like, I mean, you're playing. You know, it's like. Hi, bitch. Get in the confessional. That's not a good sign. We found her. Time to flee amongst the skulls. Not the actions of a woman unburdened by an immaculate conscience. Mary. Oh, God. Answer your yoke, mate, honey. He can't see you. I didn't want... God hates vanity. So do I. The outsider woman has this world's destruction in her womb. But Val and his apostate stole away the unborn enemy. The fiend's father has escaped. She will bear her filthy yield before dawn. We have only these few hours to find her and kill her and save this paradise from hell everlasting. Where is she? Where did Val take her? I can't. I can't. This is for you, Josiah. Make the woman scream. Oh, man, they've got her in one of those medieval torture by stretching things. Yeah. Where's the woman? The womb that harbors the Antichrist. This guy's just like, you're blocking my good angles. I've got to say, there is more intensity in storytelling in video games these days than any film. Yeah. 
Imagine Holy running into shit. something like this in your escapades. I would have started running the moment I start seeing people dying. Yeah. Like, and um, you also have to like scavenge for batteries because apparently batteries are around in sand asylums because like there's batteries for your camera whenever it runs out of night vision. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no this this is this is so screwed up. Okay, yeah, no now now. <laughs> we should end on a lighter note now. Yeah, yeah. We'll end on the light notes because that honestly, that's like Outlast is a really good series. If if you if you ever want to look into it more, RJ, I just recommend watching like a Markiplier play through it or something, just because that's less intense. I, I feel like I'd rather watch these games than play them personally. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I can't play these games. I I, I, I can't scared. do it. Like I, I just say watch like Markiplier or something. Yeah. I don't care who you watch, but yeah, Outlast. Okay. Is- uh, let, 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 yeah, let, let's go on to the next one. Okay, let's this is this is probably notes. yeah, this is my probably my my Halloween tradition. I usually watch a couple of films pretty regularly instead of just new ones. But Shaun of the Dead, like my gosh, Shaun of the Dead is like this is my happy film. This is the film that I watch when there's nothing else on TV, and I, I feel like um, this is probably. I, I personally believe this is probably the best zombie film ever made because what it does is it takes all the concepts and archetypes of a typical zombie story and it really just makes it out to be the joke that they typically are. While at the same time also being scary at certain points uh, where we're at in the bar scene, this is towards the latter end of the film. A lot of the main characters have died, but uh, this is, this is one of those moments where you really wonder like one, if you and your friends were together during a zombie outbreak, could you work together? And two, like what would you do if you weren't prepared for this stuff to happen? What if you don't have guns, what if you don't have knives, nothing. Yeah. You're just kind of living, they're running. Best, best you can do. God bless. Damn it, military industrial complex oil. Okay, pause it. We can. Okay, I didn't want to say it, but you just went ahead and said it. If the four of us were working together to get out of the to get out of a freaking zombie apocalypse, I feel like Doyle would do something to cause us all to die. That would be it. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna say it, Sean. We love you, but you would. You would. You would. You would be the one with your phone. It's like, oh, you decided to keep your ringer on. I won't go to silent mode. Uh, guys, I need to check my my Snapchats. <laughs> There's got to be tons of zombie pics right now. Oh my gosh! Yeah, like he's got rule number one down of Zombie Land. He's got cardio, but like, That's um, yeah, like he he would he would pull an Ed. <laughs> yes, he would. I'd be too paranoid to touch anything. Oh my gosh! Okay.
Gosh, I, I I love that film. But what that just showed me is what I've been thinking for a while. Like if a zombie outbreak happens, I don't want to be near a major city. Yeah, he'll he'll do something. He'll have his phone. Like oh, I, I'm expecting a call. It's like Doyle. There's no one to help us. No one's calling us. No one's calling you. Put your phone on mute, guys. I need to watch the lacrosse game. <laughs> guys, I need to watch. <laughs> God, <laughs> Doyle, there's no lacrosse. The world is fucking ending. There's always lacrosse. <laughs> Excuse me. I haven't lacrosse. saved on my ESPN app. Oh my gosh. Okay, and and the last one, we cannot do anything film related without going to the man who has touched every genre, Nicolas Cage. All right. So, there do you want to give a synopsis? Of you, you go ahead and do this one, Zed. Okay, so you guys got to help me out here. So basically, the yes. Mick Cage is like a trucker on the highway who meets this woman who says who likes that being choked because whenever she uh, is on the verge of death, she can see the future. Well, no, she can she can spear it into people's bodies or something. And like, oh yeah, she can she can stop people from almost dying. Yeah, essentially, she has to be on the verge life. of death. Yeah, but so she has to embrace power. her. She has to embrace her choking fetish first. And yes. then she can do it. <laughs> so basically, yeah. her daughter gets into a bad car accident, and in order to save her, he she goes basically on the other side and pulls Nicholas Cage's dead wife's soul and puts it into her daughter's body. And then Nicholas Cage figures out, oh wait, her his, his her hot daughter is actually my wife, my dead wife. And they start doing it, and then the girls like je- the ladies like jealous, like oh no, Nicholas Cage, I thought you loved me. Why are you doing my daughter? It's like well. You should have made my, your daughter my wife. This is, I think, the worst Nicolas Cage film I've ever watched. It was very funny to watch, but that's yeah. about it. I mean, yeah. I guess this, this, this looks this like this, lo- this looks like him doing like a college art project. Yeah, and I like how they got like a German actress to play an American woman. Yeah, as yeah. you'll see in a second. Go, go ahead, man. <laughs> I, I, oh, I'm sorry. I got pause. I, I will say this: no matter, no matter what role Nick Cage does, no matter what movie he's in, I feel like he's a man who truly puts everything into it. That's all yeah. I've got. I mean, Zed and I watched uh, USS Indianapolis the other day. It was actually a pretty good movie. Actually, the CGI Not- was crap, but the actual like the 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 climax and the ending of the movie was actually really interesting. Yeah, I, I cannot wait to see this man as Joe Exotic. Yeah, oh, that'd be great. That will be great. Okay, go ahead, Derek. I don't know. Family? Wife and daughter, you like? Oh, beautiful. Oops, they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Can we, can we play that back one more time? Your daughter... It's just no one can be who Nick Cage who Nick Cage is. Yeah. Wife and daughter, you like? Oh, beautiful. Oops, they're dead. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh, I Oh man. I just Nick Cage is such a he he is truly a national treasure. No pun intended. National treasure. Pun fully intended. Fully intended. Like, my gosh, I don't know if this film is a horror film or a sci-fi film or a drama or whatever, but this is this is on the border of being like the room surprise. I mean, this is the closest thing to a horror Nick Cage movie we have. So, yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, So Uh, I think we should finish the scene. Yeah, let's just go ahead and just just take it home. Is it Nick Cage going to be in Five Nights at Freddy's? Uh, He is, is he? There's, yeah. there's like a Five Nights at Freddy's like spinoff movie there. That's gonna be the best thing if he's in it for a while. <laughs> I'll give him my money for that shit. I don't think I've paid for anything Nicolas Cage has done in a long time. And your old daughter, her name is Billy, and this morning she had a terrible accident. I got the call like an hour before you showed up. What the hell 
does that have to do with getting strangled? <laughs> play, play it again. Play it again. Just, just everything about that. Just what the hell? That have to do with getting strangled. Look, I don't expect you to understand this, okay? But it was the only way I could help my daughter. Oh, By getting off. Yeah. Oh. My daughter's in the hospital. I have to get choked out to relieve myself. Is that a siren? That was a siren, wasn't it? Oh my gosh. I think this is a perfect place to end it. Nick Cage. I'm going to have to watch a Nick Cage movie on Halloween. But folks, this has been the Degenerate Panel. Minus one. Have a great Halloween. Play some games. Watch some movies. Have some fun. And peacefully protest trick-or-treating. Don't get me even started on that, what's going on here. Anyway, that's about it, folks. Thank you so much. Listen to On the Run. Have a happy, happy Halloween. Have fun. Enjoy it. We'll talk to you later. I'm Remsa W. Martinez with the Degenerate Panel, minus one today. Have a happy Halloween. Good night. Happy Halloween. shows and more from the We Are Libertarians network at wearelibertarians.com